0: How's everybody today? Yes, super excited about today, and it's the moment that you have all been waiting for. Today, it is time for me to preach a message. You thought I was going to sing, didn't you? That was an April Fool's joke, by the way, if you saw the social media. I have songs in my mind, but I'm not going to sing it right now. Anybody, anyway, anyway. All right. I do want to go back to the Easter announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I talked to a guy yesterday, and he told me, Man, I've been inviting people like crazy, and no one's, like, committing just yet. And uh, he's like, I, I, I need them to say yes. And I just say, hang on, because there's still a little time. People usually don't make those decisions till the week off. It's amazing. We make plans for everything else years in advance when it comes to church sometimes it's Sunday morning decision you know what I'm saying but they will remember your invite and I want to encourage you to continue to invite and the week before leading up to Easter you'll start seeing some billboards up around town because we want to help you out so you invite them oh, no seriously you invite them then they're driving they see that thing up there on the billboard they're like oh that's what someone so was telling me about that looks legit let's go you know what I'm saying So y'all make sure to invite. And also, if you are not, if you haven't signed up or or went to a team leader yet and said, hey, I want to serve on Easter Sunday. You need to let them know because you get in on the miracle of salvation that God's going to do in so many people's lives. So make sure that that you're inviting and that you're serving somewhere to services, which is always exciting. And it's going to be packed. And and if you have not gone public with your faith through water baptism yet, oh, it's the best day. We're going to celebrate you so big. It's going to be awesome. So make sure you come out for that. Y'all ready to jump in? You ready? All right. All right. So let's recap our series, Following Jesus. This has been such a good series. The feedback has been so, so good. And thank you guys all for the encouragement, just saying I needed this and all the different things. So we started out week one talking about following Jesus is a relationship. It's not rules, it's a relationship. And it comes from the standpoint of understanding that God is with us. It's not like God's over there and we're trying to get straight and trying to do everything, act right, live right, so that God will be impressed with us. God already wants you before you did anything amen he already wants you and so he came to be with us so we start out week one with relationship then in week two Benjamin jumped into discipleship that following Jesus is discipleship and we said this that he didn't just come to die but he came to show us how to live he wants to show you the steps to take he wants to show you how to overcome the temptation he wants to show you how to deal with those people how many y'all dealt with those people this week How many of y'all said, God, I need your grace this week? Come on. He was discipling you. Come on. And then last week we talked about apprenticeship. And we said that Jesus gives us a part in his ministry. There's something that God is doing, and in what he's doing, he wants to include you in it. And we talked about the first miracle of Jesus when he turned the water into wine. Even though Jesus did the miracle, it was the disciples, the followers, that had a part in actually serving up the very first miracle. And so we talked about this idea of apprenticeship, that it's not just I learn a lot about God, and I learn a lot about Jesus, but I'm actively involved in what Jesus is doing isn't that awesome that God would say hey I want to give you a piece of this I'm going to give you a part in what I am doing now today John chapter 1 we're going to read a little bit of scripture today a good bit of scripture today can you hang with us can you hang John chapter 1 we're going to start there and then we're going to go to Philippians chapter 2 and then we're just going to unleash this thing okay and I'm still amped up from that first song I'm shaking inside. I don't know. Maybe I need to eat. But we're about to serve some good food right here. Amen. Amen. John chapter 1, verse 1. This is going to be a little deep at first, but we're we're going to take you on the deep end today. Okay? It's going to be good. In the beginning was the Word. Notice that is capitalized, by the way. I didn't do that. The Bible did that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Watch this. And the Word was God. You know what I'm thinking of right now? Word up. How many of y'all remember Word up? I'm not going to sing that song, but Cynthia could. She'd be like, let me tell you something. (laughs) Word up. (laughs) There it is. Right there. You got it. All right. Verse 2. He was with God in the beginning. And through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. Come on, that's deep right there. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Come on, there's some darkness in our world, but it has not overcome the light. Amen? The light is still shining. Verse 14, let's skip down. And the word became flesh mm. and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son. All along, we've been talking about Jesus right here, who came from the father, full of, watch this, full of grace and truth. The perception is that he was full of wrath and rules. But he was full of grace and truth. Verse 15, John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when, when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. You got that? Some of y'all thinking you'll catch it later on today. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. But the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Can somebody say, amen? amen? No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is Himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made Him known. That is such a good scripture verse. It's deep, but it's powerful. And it just reaffirms so much of what I believe about Jesus. Now let's go to Philippians chapter 2. I feel like Philippians chapter 2 unpacks this a little bit because it's talking about Jesus who was with God that now came to the earth. And in order for him to come to the earth, this is what had to happen. Philippians 2 verse 6, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Watch this. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges... He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Christmas. This is what that's talking about. He he stepped out of the divine privileges of heaven and was born through a person, Mary. Okay? And now he is a human being. When he appeared in human form, watch this, verse 8, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him, come on, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Mic drop. I'm not dropping this. We pay too much. Mic drop today I want to talk about following Jesus leadership by the way thank you for all the submissions for all the different words that end with the word ship I appreciate it but today we're going with leadership there were some good ones following Jesus leadership let's pray father we love you thank you for this opportunity to be here thank you for your word that is it's life-giving your word is life-changing One word can change so much in our lives. And Lord, today, my prayer is that there will be one word that is spoken that every person in here will hear that will change things in their lives. We thank you that your word is powerful. Your word. It gives us life. It gives us hope. Jesus speak to us today in Jesus name amen and amen I had this job whenever I started college and I worked for a family-owned Cajun spice company man it smelled amazing in that place I'm telling you it was just nothing but Cajun spice everywhere and we specialized in the, the the seasoning mix for crawfish balls not boils, not low country boils, crawfish balls, not like, your, not like the ball that Cinderella went to, I'm talking about B-A-W-L, see that's another level, that's another level. And so we, we we packaged this seasoning, and we would deliver it to these grocery stores. And I was the guy they hired to work in the warehouse. And uh, we, had, we had this manufacturer that would put all of it in these packs. And so part of my job was to put the labels on it and put it into the boxes that would be shipped to the different restaurants, the different grocery stores, and whatnot. And uh, so this is like... This is a big league in Louisiana, man. When you're dealing with you don't mess this up because this is people's life on the line when it comes to crawfish season, which right now is the peak of crawfish season. And Easter Sunday is the pinnacle of crawfish season. While we're here eating fried chicken and ham, they're eating bald crawfish. And I'm jealous, but the Lord's working. And uh, the company that I work for, the It was a family-owned business, and the dad owned it, and he had his son that was working for him, and he had another son that was in and out, and um, so the position that I found myself in was I had multiple bosses. Anybody ever worked that kind of job before where there was the declared boss, and then there was all the other declared bosses? And the son literally took me aside in the early days of working at this job and said, listen. Don't listen to anything that my dad tells you. He has no clue what's going on here. Just do whatever I tell you to do. (laughs) Yeah. And then the dad pulls me aside and says, Now listen, my son's going to try to tell you to not listen to what I tell you to do and do what he says to do, but you work for me because I own the company, so you just do what I tell you to do. Anybody ever worked a job like that before? Yeah, I didn't know who to listen to, and I was trying to make sure I took care of one of them, took care of the other, and, 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 and they would get into it, man. I mean, it, it was passionate, yeah. passionate, yeah. family-owned business passion kind of arguments. Y'all, 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 I know you've never seen anything like that uh, in a the, in the Cajun spice shop. I mean, it was spicy yes. in there. It was spicy. And, you know, you just kind of like, I'm going to go in the break room, <laughs> let y'all do y'all thing out here, and hopefully somebody will tell me what I need to do. And by the way, am I getting paid right now yeah. while y'all do this thing? Because I'm, I'm like hourly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm on the clock. Like, do I keep putting labels? I'm going to bring this pallet in here. You know, just I didn't know what to do. And, um, and, and, and what wound up happening was nothing was getting done. And so uh, all of the, the the packaging wasn't ready to bring to the grocery store because the dad would say, "I need you to go to my house and take care of this little project for me." And the son's like, "No, we got to deliver this stuff." And I was caught in between, and 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 so nothing was getting done. And and it came to me really quickly that there was a leadership problem there in that place. And it makes me think about the first time that I was left in charge. You, do you remember the first time you were ever left in charge? of something before? Come on, how many of y'all remember that day? Maybe your mom or your dad left you in charge of something at the house. Did you flex immediately? And I'm not talking about showing your muscles, but did you let all of your siblings know that you were in charge? Come on, how many, raise your hand if that was you. You let them know, I am the boss. And typically what a parent's trying to do is just saying, hey, I want everybody alive before but when I get home today. And so just don't let anyone die. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, I'm not asking you to, like, correct the issues in, the, in your brother or your sister's lives that we as parents have failed at. I'm not asking you to, like, do any of that, read the book on parenting or nothing. I'm not asking. I just need you all to stay alive and don't burn the house down before we get home. I could tell a story right now. Cynthia and I went on a date night. We were in between houses. We moved out of our home in Kaloran Lakes and were buying a house in Oxbottom, and Cynthia and I needed a night out. You know what I'm saying? By the way, you need a date night. If you don't do that, come on, get a babysitter. Okay. Anyway, we probably should have got a babysitter this night. And so Cynthia and I decided we were gonna go eat uh, at Dow. Come on, I'll, I'll shamelessly plug that place, it's great. And uh, afterwards, we were just gonna go walk through Target. That's <laughs> where we're at. We weren't gonna buy anything, we just need a change of scenery. And if you've ever been in Target up on uh, up in Bradfordville, you know that there is no phone service in that place. None. Like as soon as you walk in, you're it's ghost, it's over. And um, but there is Wi-Fi. And Cynthia, she's all about that that little cart. What they call it? The little yeah, the little cart things. Cause you got to save money and everything. And so it automatically connects to the Wi-Fi. So we get a call, and it's Elijah. And he's trying to inform us, my oldest son, who's in the production booth currently right now, um, he was trying to inform us that um, he was in the process of cooking something. And in the background though, he, he was trying to be smooth as he could, but in the background you can hear brink, <laughs> He tried to cook hamburgers and uh, evidently there was more smoke in the place than there should have been. And uh he knew it was serious enough, so he called us and so we immediately leave target and rush home and uh When we opened the door to that condo, the amount of smoke that came out of that room we're i'm freaking out man like we're, we're this is like a an apartment building like if one alarm starts going off, it triggers all the others, and next thing you know there's an evacuation, and somebody's got to answer for this. that dude right there. (laughs) Cynthia wants me to tell you how we got the smoke out of the room. I took the the garden blower, the the blower. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I I know some of y'all wouldn't have thought of it, but if it happens to you, you will know now. Just get the blower, and it cleared it out, man, cleared it out in a heartbeat. I mean, we slept there that night. Had I not used the blower, we were going to motel six. anyway, that has nothing to do with the sermon, but Cynthia said to tell it. I could have sang a whole entire song by now. All right, back to this, back to this. so typically, when the parent leaves someone in charge, it's just just keep them alive till we get home. But what do we do? We go into full on boss mode, full on. I'm the king, and this is my house now, and everyone's going to do what I tell you to do. And so what do you usually start doing is barking out orders to get your siblings to do the things that you don't want to do or to do things for you. Am I right? Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about, like you have never done this This is a gift that we have as children that comes naturally to us. No one has to show you how to do this. It just comes naturally. And so when we're left in charge, we just flex and go into full-on boss mode. Everyone must do what I say, and I will sit here and do nothing but be in charge. And that's usually our first encounter with leadership. And that's where we begin to define it from. And can I tell you that that is not how leadership works. And if you're that person vying to become the supervisor at your job because you want to just tell everybody what to do, talk to anybody who is in supervision and they will tell you that's not how it works. Can I hear an amen from a supervisor? Okay, okay. I want you to remember this. Discipleship requires leadership. Okay, it requires leadership. And it's not about following something, it's about following someone, okay? As we're talking about discipleship, we have to remember, as we're talking about following Jesus, it's not just what he said. That's a big part of it, and we're going to talk about that. But it's following the person of Jesus. And so Jesus is the leader that we are following, okay? Like this, this has to be upfront understood. Jesus is the leader that we're following. And as you look through scripture, you see the need for a leader. If you read through the old testament, you look at this, and you, you would it would just be very plain to see these people needed help. There's some of the most ridiculous, crazy stuff in the old testament. If you don't believe me, go read like Leviticus and Numbers. The, like this is not making it onto the, the, the Bible verses that you want to share. You know what I'm saying? There are literally verses about mildew in the Old Testament and how to deal with it and, the, and how unclean it is. There are verses that I, I hesitate to even mention in church because of the graphic nature of it. Some of you, you would be afraid with children in here. It's like, that is just too much, Pass away. I'm telling you, these people throughout the Bible, they need help. It's a lot like today people need some help and i know you're trying not to look at your neighbor right now (laughs) if you go all the way back into the garden of eden all the way back genesis all right god has given adam and his wife eve the responsibility to tend the garden naming the animals like really cool stuff up front you know what i'm saying in the process of just taking care of what God told them to do, they're tempted by Satan, who was disguised as a serpent. And they were tempted to eat this forbidden fruit. And the serpent says, if you eat this, you will be like God. I need you to catch, catch this. If you eat this, you will be just like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, I need you to grab this. If you eat this, you can be the leader you could be self-reliant. You could do things your way instead of God's way. That was the temptation. It wasn't just a pretty piece of fruit. There was so much fruit in the garden. They didn't need enough. I mean, they could have opened up their own fruit stand, okay? There was a lot of good fruit. But there was something about this fruit that appealed to much more than their hunger. It appealed to them being in charge. It appealed to them being in control and it was the decision that they made that they allowed sin to enter into the world affecting all people through all generations when they made the decision that I can be like God self-reliant I could be my own boss sin now has entered the world and you and I we deal with sin because of that choice We deal with sin in our lives because of the choice of one so long ago that we have never met. But it has affected our lives because now the world has been opened up to sin. And it resulted in a broken relationship between God and mankind. It resulted in more rules than you could have ever imagined. Like, I I need you to see the consequence of sin that it ushered in more than what we were ever supposed to have. It issued a new form of government to try to control people who thought they were in control. And the rules were, I mean, they just kept going. They made rules about the rules about the rules. About the rules. And it just kept going on and on and on. And you see, That laws or rules were given through Moses. Moses is one of the iconic leaders of the Bible. They make movies about him. You know he's big if they make a movie about you. If they don't make a movie about you, who are you? So Moses, he gets this law and you see that judges were appointed. You see that prophets were sent. And eventually you see there were kings. Because if you make the rules, someone has to enforce them. This is what's going on. This is where it all started, and this thing is snowballing because they have all the rules and they need someone to enforce them. And here is the problem no one could follow all of the rules, no one could do it. Not even you. You're good, but you ain't that good. There were incredible people through the Bible, but they couldn't follow all of the rules. In fact, None of the leaders that were appointed, that were raised up, could even follow all of the rules. Still going on today. You see it all over the place. There was no perfect example because people didn't always follow the rules. And all through the Old Testament, there was a need for a leader. And there were incredible leaders that were raised up, but there was not the leader that was actually needed because all of them that were raised up were imperfect. All of them. As great as Moses is and all that he has contributed to us through the Bible, Moses was not perfect. In fact, Moses had an anger problem. And God said, I'll pick him. God, what are you thinking? Why do you pick the guy with the anger problem? Do you realize what he will do to people? God, I don't know. I like him. Let's use him. This is the, the Old Testament. Okay, watch this. The Old Testament is proof that man on his own just can't be good enough. Right. And that is frustration that we face because when we, when we reach the point of, I don't feel like I'm good enough for anybody in here, this is the point where you realize, I need some help. Because my goodness is not found within me. The goodness only comes from God. Amen? This is why discipleship is so important. This is why the relationship is so important. Because it is all about influence. And the relationship with God will influence you to do good. It's an influential style of leadership. Okay? And so the Old Testament just shows us that man just cannot be good enough on his own, and even the ones that tried to follow all the rules, and you see it going into the New Testament. All the religious leaders, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they 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 bragged about following all the rules. They were so full of pride that they lost themselves in their own self righteousness. And because they knew more than everyone else about the Scripture, y'all need to hear this, because they knew so much more than everyone else about the Scripture, they took that to equal righteousness, and it wasn't righteousness, it was self-righteousness, and they conflicted whenever God sent Jesus, the one who was perfect. And so all of these leaders in their pride who knew everything scripturally they eventually became the ones to crucify the perfect one, Jesus. Pride. We're in charge because we know more than you. Self-righteousness. So what did God do? He sends Jesus to be the leader they never had. Jesus was sent to be the leader That we never have. He would be the one to bridge the gap that sin had created with God. This is what Jesus has come to do. He came to be the bridge. Because there was a separation from God because of sin. And Jesus now is the mediator. And so many people, they enjoyed his teaching. They were inspired and they were impressed by his miracles, but they did not all follow his leadership. And there's a lot of people that are impressed by his teachings and they they love to hear the teaching. They're inspired by it and they love to see the miracles. But just because you like the miracles and you hear the message doesn't mean that you're following him. You have to accept the leadership of Jesus Christ in your life. And and watch this, there are many people who are rule followers. But they're not actually following Jesus. There's this independence. It's an independent spirit, I guess you could call it. And they don't think they need a leader. And sometimes our personal independence can be the very thing that will try to destroy what God is trying to do in our lives. I got to say that again. Sometimes our personal independence can be the very thing that keeps us from what God is trying to do in our lives. And I have proof of it because you had self-righteous leaders, religious leaders in the Bible, Pharisees and Sadducees. They were self-reliant. They were self-righteous. And the very thing that God was doing in the earth, they missed it because they were so full of themselves that they couldn't even see what God was trying to do right there in their life. And I wonder, what am I missing from God because I'm so reliant on myself? When God was sending help, and God sent help in the form of a leader, And in a day where leadership structures are broken and leaders are broken, when you begin to talk about this, it doesn't issue hope. What does it do? It issues hurt because we've been hurt by leaders before. And because of that, we tend to devalue leadership and just assume that all leadership is bad. But this leadership, the leadership of Jesus, is so very good that it's better. Listen, his leadership is better than your good. Better. It's better than our good. And this is what you got to see about Jesus. Jesus was different. He was compassionate. He was full of grace and mercy. And he showed up as a servant. Gosh, he's so different. He didn't present himself as someone in charge. My daddy told me to come here and clean all this up. He didn't present himself that way. presented himself as someone who was here to help and restore mankind. you got to remember, discipleship requires leadership. Following Jesus requires his leadership. In other words, I can't be all that God has created me to be without his leadership. Because he leads you there. You grow into it But you grow by trusting and following. And what's so awesome about Jesus is because he really, really loves you, he doesn't force you. And I know us well enough, if we were in that position of leadership, we would just force people to do it. I don't know who you think you are, but I'm the leader. You're going to do what I tell you. Jesus never led like that. He didn't lead with threats. Oh, he warned people, but he didn't lead with threats. And the question today is Are you following Jesus? Step further, is he your leader? Is he your leader? I know week one we talked about best friend, and that is so important. But I'm talking about having a relationship, a friendship, best friendship with the guy who is in charge. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Think about that. I get to be friends with the guy in charge. There's a lot of benefit from that. He lets me sit at his table. In fact, he tells me things. Things I wouldn't know unless he told me. He lets me in on some stuff, he brings me in on miracles. And stands off on the side while I'm in the front. All I'm doing is pouring it into a glass and giving it to somebody. When they drink it, the miracle happens. He's over on the side. He let me be in the front. This is the kind of leader we're talking about. We're talking about the kind of leader that is willing to sacrifice, lay down his life for people who are not worthy of that very sacrifice. Do you know that even while Jesus was dying on the cross, in the process of the crucifixion, we're going to talk about this next week, in the process of the crucifixion, people were sinning while he was being crucified. Can you take a time out from your sin and at least give a moment while Jesus is being crucified for for your sin? No. Just keep sinning over and over. We don't deserve this kind of love, but these are the very things that make him the leader that he is. He is the leader who is worth following. The leader worth following. So let's talk about how Jesus leads. How he leads. Number one, he is love. And I want you to notice how I said this. I didn't say he loves. I said he is love. Now, love is one of the words in our world today that is so Broadly defined. Because it means to people whatever they want it to mean to people. The leadership of Jesus begins with this. For God so loved the world. Come on, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. His, love, his leadership begins with for God so loved the the world we would use love as a word to describe Jesus right but actually Jesus defines love any love without Jesus isn't love I, and i have to say that because the way the world is defining love it doesn't include Jesus but he is Love, John, 1 John 4, verse 13, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us, big letters, God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. Following Jesus will lead you to what real love is. Watch this. It will lead you to being love. And showing love. It will lead you there. And you say, well, I'm not there yet. That's the discipleship process. Because the one thing I believe God is trying to convince you of is how much he loves you. And we just take this as like childhood, Bible story. Like that's for emerged kids to learn. But if you really knew how much God loved you, knowing all the craziness that comes into your mind within a five minute span of traffic on the way to work. If you knew how much God loves you with your venge- vengeful tactics towards a coworker who just drives you crazy. Come on now. Come on now. Yeah. Knocking on the door today. And he still loves you. He still loves you. It doesn't undo it. Because he is love. And people, even in their best effort, cannot love you like that. Right. They just cannot. So the world has reduced this view of love to an emotion. Tolerance and all these different things, but I need you to know that love has standards in it. Come on, somebody. Love has some authority that comes with it. Love has a price that has been paid. There's a sacrifice that demonstrates what true love is. So how does Jesus lead us? He is love. That's how he does it. He starts and continues and carries it all out with love because he is love. Here's number two. He is Logos, not loco. Some of y'all are like, oh, Pastor Wade, I think you messed up. No, it's a solid right here. Or, or, or some of you would say Logos. Jesus is the word. That's what that word Logos means, word, who became flesh. And the word of God is alive through Jesus. So it's a Greek word, Logos, Greek for word, but it's also a title for Jesus Christ. So when you read John 1, it says, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh. All along, the word that was being talked about was actually Jesus, all along. So following Jesus means I'm following his word. Okay, not just my interpretation of his word, not just my version of what I would like his word to say. You ever you ever noticed that sometimes um, like a kid when they're left in charge? Well, mom and dad said. That you had to do this and this and this, and that means you got to do that and that and that, too. And that's not actually what they said but we stretch it to cover what we want it to stretch and cover. In other words, I will take Jesus out his word as long as I can use his word to keep up my tactics of being in control and manipulating people. And sometimes this happens in parenting. Parenting. Sometimes this happens in friendships and trying to correct other people using Bible scripture. And listen, I know the Bible is useful for correction. It is. But you can't take it out of context to correct somebody and stretch it to mean what you want it to mean so that you got leverage. Just slide that right on in there. Let's move on. The word of God, his word is powerful. It's alive. And the Bible says this, it will not return void. In other words, it will produce the outcome that is said. It will produce the outcome that is said. And watch this. It is truth. And there's a search for truth in the world today. And truth is found only in the way, the truth, and the life. And his name is Jesus. That's where truth is found. And and so watch this. We'd like to find Bible verses for inspiration. Do it. But followers of Jesus... Follow the scriptures for the ultimate influence in their lives. In other words, the Bible, the word of God is my influence. It's not just suggested reading that I can use to help me in my daily life. It is the cornerstone of my conviction. It's not just I take my values and adapt it to the scripture. No, 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 no. I take the scripture to form my values see what I'm saying? The the Bible is the bedrock on which we build our lives. It's not just let me grab a verse here, grab a verse there. That's candy. I want a meal. Amen. And the word of God is the meal that we should consume. And there's a lot of picking and choosing with the Bible. We like to pick this verse, pick that verse. But that verse, that could be offensive, Pastor. No, 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 no. Jesus, he starts in love. He starts with love. And so if the Bible offends somebody, it's not because he doesn't love them. It's because they don't accept him as the leader. I mean, that's just what it is. And that's not trying to tell anyone off at all. It's just the understanding that there's an authority that comes with his word. In fact, everything that was created was the result of his word. You and I, we're not here if it's not for his word. And so we've got to look at the word of God as this is part of his leadership. And it's not, well, you don't have to listen to that part. I mean, that's not really what he meant. That begins to sound like the temptation in the garden. Did God really say that's not really what he meant? He's twisting it, manipulating it. He leads us with his love. Because he is love, he leads us with his word, because he is the word who became flesh. He is logos, I like saying that. The Bible, the inspired word of God, infallible, consistent. It's made it through all the ages. Think of that. There's been a lot of books that have been written, but none of them have. The longevity of the Bible. None of them. I was talking to someone yesterday and they said, every time I read a scripture that I hadn't read in a long time, it speaks to me again. Speaks to me again and again and again because it's alive. And it's not just words on a page, it's a person. It's Jesus. And the Word of God wasn't just relevant teaching for a period of history. It is eternally relevant despite all of the philosophies and desires of a current culture. It's still relevant, it is still authoritative. Here's the third thing this is how Jesus leads He is love, He is Logos, He is Lord. He is Lord. And as soon as I say that, it's like people are like, oh, Pastor Roy, you were doing good, man. And now you drop the Lord on us. I remember when I was a kid and we started really going to church and my mom had a praise the Lord bumper sticker on the car. Yeah. Come on, man. We never talked like that before. Praise the Lord. Like King James language. Praiseth the Lordeth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a little uncomfortable to like walk around talking about the lord you know what i'm saying like we don't talk like that maybe boss but that just sounds like we're not giving jesus enough credit but i realize there's a lot to the word lord because it sounds so official see i said following Jesus' leadership to get you in <laughs> so i could tell you that jesus is lord And this, my friends, is the place of conflict. Because everyone can handle Jesus, who is love. Sign me up, I'll take him. Many people can take Jesus as the word. Because we don't know what the heck we're doing, right? So any help I can get, I will take it. But Jesus as Lord Very few can actually do that because there's so many implications of him being Lord. He's Lord, not just because his father sent him and gave him the rightful place. Because he did. He's Lord because he overcame everything. Everything this world could throw at him. Everything that we get tested and tempted with, he was tested and tempted with, and he overcame it. He earned his lordship even though it was already given to him. He earned it because he operated from the place of love instead of operating from the place of Lord. Let's go back. When you're left in charge, you're not operating from the place of Lord. I mean, love. You're just not. I know the times I was left in charge, that wasn't love driving the bus. That was Lord. I am the boss. I know you're my brother, but you will call me Mr. Wade. You know what I'm saying? We lead from Lord. He led from love, and his love proved his lordship. His love proved his lordship. He endured suffering and gave himself as the sacrifice, not just a sacrifice, but the, the sacrifice. Because he overcomes sin, death, and hell, he now has the authority to be Lord of all. So now we go back to Philippians 2. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. He is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. And he didn't twist anyone's arm to get there. No one's arm. He led with his love. And he kept his word. He keeps his promises. In fact, all of the promises in the Bible are declared yes and amen through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So now when I consider Jesus as Lord, it means a lot more to me than just a tagline on a Christian bumper sticker. I realize I need the Lord. I need the Lord because I don't yet have the victory in this area I haven't overcome this yet, but he has. He's in authority over this thing because he overcame this thing. It tried to take him out, but he overcame it, and now he's the Lord over it. And because he's the Lord over it, and I'm following him, hold on, and I'm in a relationship with him, I get the benefit of the relationship. And so his leadership and his lordship enables me to get the victory over these things that Satan is using to try to take me out. So now I can stand in the place of righteousness because of his lordship. Instead of standing in a place of my own self-righteousness, trying to convince everyone of how good I am. I don't need to convince you. He's already convinced me. Come on. It's his lordship watch this if he isn't Lord you don't really know his love and if he isn't Lord the word of God it's more suggestive than it is authoritative to you he must be the Lord of your life but he's not the brother who was left in charge He's the son of the father who has the heart and the love and compassion for all mankind. And because of his leadership, his form of leadership, we have a forever example to point to, to follow. That, my friends, is why the church is still alive and well. And it's still going. And it's not based off the righteousness of people. But it's based off the righteousness of God that was demonstrated through Christ Jesus our Lord. Lord have mercy man our lives will always be out of order if Jesus isn't Lord it will always be out of order if Jesus isn't Lord so watch this in order to overcome temptation in order to walk in freedom Jesus must be the leader. He will lead you through he will lead you out lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil deliver leader deliverers lead you out lead you through that's what Jesus does so following Jesus means that Jesus is the Lord of my Leadership is what I'm following. Most of the time when we pray the quote unquote sinner's prayer, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Check. Make me a new person. Check. Be the Lord of my life. let me see how we're going to work that out who are you following Jesus leads with this love he's true to his word let me say it this way he's the leader that you have been looking for he's the leader that you've been looking for every head bowed every eye closed we've had leaders people in leadership who have made promises and have broken them we've had leaders who have fallen and has hurt us so to hear a message like this puts us in the place of treading lightly as we consider following the leader. But there is no leader that you've ever experienced in your life or even the leader that you have become that is quite like Jesus. And today, maybe you're that person that sits here and your life is out of order. And it's depending on what you're able to produce and what you're able to accomplish and what you're able to do. And in the process of trying to get it all in order, you yourself are falling apart to keep the house together, to keep the job, the career together. You're doing your best and there are some things that are working, but the it's getting to the point to where you don't know how much more you can work this. Because... You can't lead at that level like he can. And today, I just feel like the Lord issues an invitation to you. Just like he did to those disciples. He said, come follow me. And I will show you how. I will make you into. I will help you to become the person you're supposed to be and the whole point of salvation is not just so my sins are gone it's so that I can keep going in the direction that I'm supposed to go and he leads us there that's why salvation was never meant just to be a sinner's prayer it's a discipleship it's following Jesus with your life And if you're here today, perhaps you have even prayed a sinner's prayer before in your life because that's what you were told to do, and I encourage you to do it. We're going to pray that prayer in a few minutes. But that's not all there is to this. There is a following process where He is your leader. And today, the invitation is, will you follow His leadership, knowing that He leads with His love? because he is love he leads with his word and he keeps his word and he leads his lord and he is the good lord if you're here today and you don't know jesus as your lord and savior today can be the day that you begin to follow him i want to lead you in this prayer say dear jesus thank you for loving me even though you know all of my sins thank you jesus for going to the cross to pay the price and take the punishment that I deserved for my sins. Thank you for loving me so much that you would forgive me and give me a new beginning. So today, I acknowledge you. I put my faith and trust in you as my Savior to save me from my sins and to make me right. But I also acknowledge you as my Lord who will lead me forward. I surrender my life to you and I choose to follow you. I choose to live my life your way. You're not just my Savior, but you're my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. And Amen. Come on, that's it right there.